This episode is brought to you by McDonald's. Not sure you've heard of them. <laughs> Up and coming uh, little restaurant, but they're making it. They're the little engine that could. You know, the moment of bliss when you spot your fries being scooped into the carton and suddenly time slows down. I have that all the time. I love their fries. Oh, yeah. yes. McDonald's fries hit different when they're free. That's another thing I'll tell you. And when they belong to your friends, there's no better feeling than thinking you're out of fries and then you discover extra fries at the bottom of your bag or else my son still hasn't finished his fries yeah. and I'm done with mine. And uh, he used to be weaker than me so I could just take them. Yeah. Now I can't because he's stronger than me. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no wrong way to eat McDonald's fries, but we all think our way is the best way. And I like stealing them from someone else. That's my favorite <laughs> way. Get your favorite McDonald's fries today. McDonald's, check them out sometime. They're everywhere. How's your sock drawer looking? It's messy. There's a lot of single socks. Yep. I think it's time for a little spring cleaning. Oh. <laughs> Check out Bombas. Once you try a pair, you'll never look at socks the same way again. I should know. I like my Bombas. Their spring collection has new garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. My feet have never been to a party. <laughs> They've so got sad. stripes and florals and new vintagey colored rib socks. You know, when I'm wearing Bombas, I feel like my feet are being caressed okay. and cared for in a way they never have been in my life. Hmm. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash Conan and use code Conan for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash Conan and use code Conan at checkout. <laughs> Hello, can I say hello instead of hi? Hello, my name is Aubrey Plaza, and I feel totally fine about being Conan O'Brien's <laughs> oh, friend. Sake. Sorry, that, that was the was, first thing that came out. It's honest. Yeah, if no, nothing else, it's, it's honest. She's within her rights. It's not I like I'm a needy person. Who I don't needs trust more. it. That's my problem. Oh, you don't I trust don't it at all? Not around this, these parts. No. <laughs> <laughs> the, the American West? <laughs> <laughs> Hey there, welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Uh, we have a terrific show today. Very excited about it. Mm -hmm. I think my voice is getting better for podcasting. You do start out every episode with a very broadcaster voice. And I do. forget about it about 30 seconds. It's ago. funny. I Probably my most self-conscious moment is when I say, hey, everybody, and welcome yeah. to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. And then I just become myself. But at the very beginning, I'm thinking, well, it's time to start this podcast. Mm -hmm. And I get a little of this kind of voice going. It isn't horrible, though. It's kind of sultry. Maybe I should have this more often. Yeah. This more mellifluous. Yeah. And uh, because then literally 10 minutes in, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> And I'm wondering, uh, because I forget myself. Yeah. And uh, so maybe you should have a signal when I should speak like a man again. Okay. We can see <laughs> a that. Little, we'll, a little signal once in a while. We'll have a little light on the wall with a beard on it. That's great. Yeah. That's terrific. Yeah. And then I know to just pull it back in yeah, like this. Yeah. And go, all right. Yeah. It's time for some smooth jazz. Oh, yeah. 
Well, no, no, it's not. Huh? What are you doing? I'm getting turned on. Okay. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> I love my boss. <laughs> uh, hey, I want to talk about something that really happened. I always believe in pulling the curtain back, hmm. letting the listener know what's really going on here. We're people. I know you think of us as gods, but we're people. Right. And um, today we had a very nice surprise. Your wife brought your relatively new daughter. You talking work. about King Sizemore the Chub Lord? What? My daughter? Is that your nickname for her? Uh-huh. You always have these strange nicknames that are, you know, it's not like, oh, hi, Winky Deer, or her yeah. little Pooh Bear. Your nicknames go on for like 15 minutes. Yeah. I'm Can I hear some of them? Well, there's Bill Squishman, founder of Squishman Enterprises, co-founder of Siegel Squishman Dynamics, quality through cuteness. Nice. <laughs> the Golden State Pooper. Okay. By the time you get done saying the first one, she's like out the gate and down the <laughs> she road. Where'd she go? <laughs> she took off a half an hour ago when I started her nickname. All right, let's hear another one. The PP Queen of Pasadena, mm-hmm. King Sizemore the Chub Lord. Wow. Mrs. King Size what? King Sizemore the Chub Lord. Okay, very good. Mrs. Squeaks Cheeks for Weeks. Captain Howdy Lips So Pouty. Uh, Glenemy, Glenn the Friend. Um, I have a list. Let me see. You weren't reading from a list right there? No. <laughs> Those are just off the top of my head. Master Blaster. That's when she's breastfeeding. <laughs> when she's breastfeeding. And is this from the Beyond Thunderdome Master yes, Blaster? Yes. Is the idea that she's the little uh, creature uh-huh. that is controlling your wife? Yeah. Okay. He, by the way, lived in an apartment in my hometown. What, the actor who played him? Yeah. Who, who played, played Master, Master Blaster. Who played Master of Master Blaster. Because it was a little person on top of a big... Yes, yeah, so I remember. Yeah. Oh, I remember Master Blaster quite well. Yeah. He lived in your building? No, he lived in an apartment building in Whittier where I grew up. Okay. Uh, uh, by the way, useful digression. <laughs> <laughs> one, of your be- one of your better... <laughs> Kaiju. Um, and Pazuzu's Petals, um, Mayday, mm-hmm. Dimpleton Droolbeard. And I think that's, that's about it for now. Okay. Is there a way I could get her a therapist now? <laughs> Is there a way that, because she's going to need a therapy she is because you're an insufferable it. man. <laughs> no, just, no. I'm sure, yes, you're around going, oh, oh it's, it's Glenna, Glenda Goo Goo Gagali. Here comes little Miss Molly. She's jolly, bolly, golly, wally. Write that down. Bolly, bolly, stolly. Write that down. Uh, no, I, you seem so happy. You know, we, we walked in today to our podcast studio and you got this beautiful girl and you seem happy. You seem legitimately oh, happy. You know, I've never been happy. It enrages me. Yeah. <laughs> like, how do I, I had a kid just to be this happy so I could enrage you. Yes. Well, it worked. Yeah, it worked. That's fantastic. No, it's fantastic. And, and by the way, they'll come a day later on when your children are older. Cause my children are older. They're in their late forties where they'll come by and they won't be that interested in coming and seeing you at work. I remember when my yeah. kids would come and visit me as little, you know, I'd bring my daughter, to work when I was at Rockefeller Center doing the late night show. And uh, I remember just her looking at all the cameras and thinking, this is so amazing. And um, now it would just all get an eye roll. Really? All of this, yeah. Uh, Everything I, I do. I, that's going to break my heart. When your daughter finds what you do is boring? Yeah. Yeah, that's what that's what happens though. I know. I just, I, I don't care I don't if she care finds what, what I do boring, but just that she's not interested to spend time together. 
I'm already. Oh, that's going to happen very soon, Matt. Much <laughs> earlier for you than most parents. What do you mean? Are you kidding? No, because you're going to. We're be... fast friends. We're buddies. We're chums. No, no, you're not. You're going to say, oh, look at these really cool. <sighs> I got these really great porcelain mugs at the Rose Bowl swap meet. They were built and made in the 50s. And But look at the ridge right here on the handle. And no, isn't that cool? No. That's a, uh, you know, Russell Wright made these. And the they're made you of, talking you know, about right you'll just go on and on about this. This board game that you found, it's really cool and it's got Eisenhower in it. And, and, and you've got another year with your daughter where no. she's really enjoying her time with you. I think you the minute she can decipher these ridiculous nicknames, you're, it's, you're over. Well, it's, they're indecipherable. So we got, we're good. Okay. Yeah. It's, uh, I just, I encourage you, <laughs> I encourage you to start planning now okay. for the time, <laughs> the dead time. It's tough. It's tough. They, and the thing is, it's healthy. You want them. Oh, uh, yeah. You want them to uh, individuate. Yeah. That's the word my wife right. keeps saying. I won't force any of this stuff on her. You know how I got my children to individuate from me? How? I'm awful. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little method I came up with called being awful. <laughs> I'm taking notes. I'm, ta I'm learning They're a very lot. happy to leave the nest. <laughs> When Papa is an awful, <laughs> awful man. Uh, all right. Uh, My guest today uh, played April Ludgate on Parks and Recreation and has starred in such films as Ingrid Goes West and Happiest Season. Now you can see her in the new movie, Emily the Criminal. Aubrey Plaza, welcome. Jesus Christ. Wow. That was clearing my throat. Okay. <clears throat> Aubrey, okay. it's so nice to see you. You know I adore you. I'm very happy to have you here. <clears throat> okay. Okay? Th Great. Thank Terrific. you. Me too. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Me too. Me too. We'll be back with Big Bowl of Awkward All after right. these messages. Fuck. No, Aubrey, oh. I love having you here. I'm so glad that you're, first of all, you're back in the States. You were just telling us you were in uh, Italy for a long time. See? Shooting for uh, White Lotus. See? And now you're back. See? And, uh, man, this is already, I think we've had a real connection. Yeah. You yeah. know? A few uh, words spoken, big connection. That's huge connection. Right. Oh, yeah. so you're on this too? No. No, no, no. no. He's a technician. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, that's Matt Gorley. And I don't, this is the first time I've heard him speak. Okay. First, first day here. Okay. Yeah. Not supposed to be here. Okay. Yeah, actually not a technician. You said you were, but you've never had any experience. No, it's not even my name, Matt Gorley. <laughs> <laughs> you're a great improviser. No, no, no. I'm Chaz Ripley. Um, <laughs> get off me. Get on yourself. Yeah. Come on. Aubrey, we've known each other a long time. Yeah. Of course, you were on my show many times. A terrific guest. My favorite show. Well, that's very nice. Ooh. We'll put that on a loop. Um, my favorite show. My favorite show. My favorite show. You were on my show many, many times. A terrific guest. Always yourself. Very unique energy. And I love that because I was always on the hunt for people that would come on the show and create something real in the moment and mm. you always did that mm -hmm. which made me very happy well I, I, I attribute that to you Conan and so do I yeah yeah cause I do too you're not dead you're not dead in the eyes uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean mo most of the time yeah these are contacts uh, <laughs> I bought contacts that have actual simulated life in them um, but you know there's so much to talk about first of all I'm obsessed with this I am 100% Irish and 100 percent Irish and uh, it's a terrible, terrible thing. No. It, oh, trust me. It's not good. Oh, okay. You, um, 
are, is this correct? You are half Irish, half Puerto Rican? See? Yeah. Well, my mom is Irish. But, I mean, she's a couple other things, too, but she's she's mostly Irish. But what happens is I always envy people who are some mix of ethnicities because I think that's healthier. Mm-hmm. You have different parts of you adding to the mix, whereas I just have uh, inbred insanity I'm in sorry. my head. I'm sorry. Is it, uh, do you grow up super Catholic? <clears throat> yeah, because not I am Irish, but, but then also my mother, I mean, my mother has a crazy story. She has one of nine children. Oh, wow. Um, and she was adopted or foster care adopted by this Irish Catholic couple who became my grandparents Mm -hmm. and they're super Irish like you Irish 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 Mm -hmm. and so and I was kind of raised by them also with my parents and so I was thrown in with their kids so yeah we all we were yeah we were super Catholic I went to Catholic school my whole life oh all girls Catholic school so the nuns the whole thing oh yeah the nuns and and because I was kind of with the Raleigh family we were Irish dancing I think I talked about this on your show yeah you did Irish step dancing I competed in Irish step dancing as a child I um I never went that far. I was I once, um, I was once, I had to go to religious instruction once a week and it was these nuns and they wore the, the big nun outfits mm-hmm. and they lived, they were up on a high hill in this practical, like a big stone tower. It was called what? the Senecal. Yeah. And uh, we were sent there for Catholic instruction once a week. Mm. And when I was really little, they sent me there. I mean, I was old enough to know better, but they were telling me about how much the Romans hated Jesus because of what he was preaching. And they were saying he was super unpopular. He was super unpopular. And I put my hand up and I said, so the Romans must have been really mad at him. And they were like, oh, yeah, they were really mad. And I said, did they ever try to kill him? Um. And they were like, what the fuck? I mean, they they shouldn't say that. But they're like, that's the whole point of the religion. And they like pointed up to the crucifix. And I'm like, right, right. That wasn't a suicide. I was so, I was a kid, but. I was so horrified. They didn't let me live that down for a long time. Wow. But as you can see, it didn't stick. Here I am. Yeah, you're totally good. No. <laughs> I got that out of my system. Yeah, I'm totally good. Nothing yeah. wrong with me. Nope. So uh, you grow up. And were you interested in show business when you were a kid? Did you know, I got show business in my blood? I, yeah, I think so. I mean, pretty much. I mean, I think I was like... I mean, I did have show business in my blood on the Puerto Rican side of my family. My gr- my great grandparent grandparents were um, flamenco dancers, mm. and they were dan- I mean, they were like you know dan- a long, long time ago. But I was never connected to Hollywood or anything like that. Right, right. Um, but I think so. I don't know. I was a really quiet kid up until I went to like yeah until I discovered community theater. I was kind of like shy. Yeah, like as a younger child, I was like kind of quiet and shy. If I had talked to you when you were like eight, would you have, and I wouldn't have been allowed to talk to you when you were eight, but uh, would would you have said, yeah, I'm interested in doing anything involving performing for people, or would that have been the furthest thing from your mind? I probably would have been like, come with me in the woods. I found a skull. And I know it's of a baby. Um, I was into things like make-believe. That's great. I found a skull. I'd be like, follow me into the woods. Are you sure that was make-believe? Did you find a skull? Maybe you want to tell us about it. We have to build a fort and do a ritual because I know it's a baby's skull. Um, I like to play in the woods as an eight-year-old. Come with me to the woods. Um, wow, you'd be a terrible camp counselor. 
<laughs> well, kids, here's your new camp counselor for today. The new CIT, Aubrey, is going to come with me out to the woods. I found the skull of a baby. There must be a ritual. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. I was a very delusional child, but I... I never thought like, oh, I could actually do that, but I was definitely obsessed with movies. I mean, I was like, yeah. the minute I had my hands on a video camera in the 90s, you know, I was I was just making movies all the time. Right, which movies did you like when you were young? I was never exposed to great films until I was a teenager and I started working in the video shop. Yep. Remember those? Yep. Um, so I was, I grew up on, you know, like blockbuster movies, Spielberg movies, all the, all the, all the big ones, Ghostbusters, but... Um, a lot of romantic comedies. You oh, know? you like a, you liked a rom com. I liked weird movies too. Like I, I'll never forget when I saw For the Boys, starring Bette Midler. You know that movie yes. where she goes on the. <laughs> Is James Con in that too? Yeah, yeah. isn't it like James a USO Con. tour? Or something? Yes, yeah. and I saw the way too young. I saw like weird movies at too that's, young. Of yeah, an that's age. not a movie for. I mean, I know. not that it's a racy movie, but it's just not but a movie like for a, kids. Like a nine year old, I was. Yeah, like, now that's art. <laughs> <laughs> James Con, Bette Midler. USO shows. I swear to God, that's a movie. Also, you know, it had a really big impact on me as designing women. Oh. So I discovered that show in my the basement of my foster grandparents' house, and I was not allowed to watch that show as a young child. Really? Oh yeah, I learned a lot from that show. But how to design Julia Sugarbaker, <laughs> Delta Burke, Annie Potts. I don't Ian's remember Mark, what would you have learned cast? from that show Any except sex interior stuff. Yeah. Oh, they do a lot. Of, I didn't oh, know that was a yeah. sexy show. Are you kidding? All they did was date and talk about having sex and. Then, I don't know. But probably with real sly innuendo that wasn't that harsh. Well, they were just like real sassy southern women. So right. it was always, you know, they're always screaming about something. They never seem to be doing any work. No. They're always, and that's the no. common theme. In most shows that are about a workplace, no one's working. Right. I mean, if you watch, you know, Murphy Brown, they're always sitting around at a tiny table. They're supposed to be three of the most pop, <laughs> three or four of the most powerful journalists in the world. It's basically supposed to be 60 minutes. Yeah. And it's supposed to be Mike Wallace and, you know, all these powerful people. But they're sitting in a tiny little table <laughs> that shows them in a, in a multi-camera setting yeah. and they're poking at little salads and being goofballs and nothing's getting done. I want to do a workplace comedy where people just seriously quietly work the whole time yeah. mm -hmm. and there's no banter. <laughs> Cheers was the closest because they'd at least be delivering drinks and things Not like that. Not much. Okay, well then I'm wrong. Yeah. yeah. Once Parks again. and Rec, you know, I, we worked a lot on that show. You did well, you did. But that was very focused on the yeah. tasks that we were doing. The comedy came out of the not to make it about that me. This isn't about me. No, it's just a podcast Oddly. starring you today. Okay. So it is about you. Yeah, on Parks and Rec, I always did get the feeling that you were doing real work. Well, because, yeah, because it was like that was what was funny is the weird shit that we were doing at work. Now, before you did Parks and Rec, like <clears throat> many people who have risen to great fame in the business, you were an NBC page. That's right. You weren't, right? I was not an NBC okay. page, no. But Regis Philbin. Philbin? <laughs> <laughs> That's his name now. Philbin. Sorry, Philbin. Regis yeah. Phil. A name that will live in history. Regis <laughs> Philbinin. Philbin. Regis Philbin was an NBC page, I Philbin. believe. Philbin. Wow. Uh, and um, you were an NBC page. I think when I was doing Late Night, you were an NBC page. Yeah, you were. You uh, were. And you know what? Because you... Because, okay, the way I got my SAG card, I don't know if you know the story, but I think I either was a page or I had just like left the program, mm -hmm. but I kept my uniform, mm -hmm. which you're not supposed to do. Mm -hmm. um, and I convinced the 
what the fuck was his name? Um, the guy that shot the pilot for Thirty Rock. He directed a lot of the Thirty Rock episodes. Yeah. Um, but he that they needed a page to do a tour of your studio because we were they were shooting on that the floor of your studio or something and yep. I knew the yeah I knew the speech knew the about spiel. your studio I was right. like and welcome to the thing of Conan O'Brien and I would make up stuff but I don't remember what I said but I, because I knew the spiel I was like I just let me do it I was like I can do it and then he threw me in on camera and I did it and because I had a line you know the SAG union rules they had to give you a card got right wow. into that union you know here's okay this fascinates me because there were pages that worked at at 30 Rock obviously in real life and they would um, do tours of my studio and I remember accidentally listening once to one of the tours and everything they were saying was not true. <laughs> yeah. And, th- and this page, this one page that I was listening to, this is not you, was saying that <clears throat> the stars in the back, uh, painted on the wall reflect, uh, are there because uh, Conan has long been a huge fan of astronomy. And I'm, I'm, I was like brushing my teeth in the hall and I heard this and I went, what are they talking about? Okay. No, it's late night. Stars. Stars late at night. That's all it is. And um, people in the crew were going, hmm. And this person wasn't doing a bit or anything. That's just was a piece of misinformation, like a game of telephone that had been passed on uh, over nine different page generations. Sona talks about this in her book that she, when she was a page and gave tours, she was just lying about stuff. Okay, but there, okay, but there was a game that the pages and this is like whatever. I don't know if they still do this, but there was a game that all the pages would play where you would you would go, okay, I'm going to give you three words for your next tour, and you have uh. to you have to incorporate these words into your speech at some point and it has to be believable and and the words were always insane I mean maybe it was you know it was like penguin or whatever and then you'd be like and this studio is cold because 10 years ago they had penguins on the show and they had to you know raise the temperature and then they just they never changed it or whatever and that's real you did tell tour groups that I did say something about penguins yeah because our studio was cold and the reason it was kept cold is because of all the lights in the ceiling right once you get an audience and you turn the lights on temperature goes up like 15 degrees so you have to keep it artificially cold so that it's comfortable once the show is going. But yeah, but also so people don't fall asleep. Not that they would. Not that they would. Oh not God, that they, they lied to you about the, they lied no, to me about that the light would. temperature. No, but the, yeah. it's not like that was a, just that's also why they electrified the seats. I was just going to say the same. <laughs> no, 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 but number 3 3C is falling asleep. No. Zap. No, no. I mean, right. You know no one could if I were performing no one could fall asleep. You got to keep them awake. You got to keep them awake. Uh, well, that was what I always heard about Letterman is that he liked the studio cold because it kept the audience on their toes. Yeah. Um, I didn't want it to be warm, but I didn't necessarily want it to be cold. Mm. It's That's just... Nice well, I know. Good guy. It's very cold in here right now. It is say. freezing in yeah. here, but that's for a whole different reason. Oh. We store uh, government surplus meat <laughs> in the back. <laughs> that's how we pay oh. for all Yeah, this. that's how we pay for everything. That's a side business of ours. <laughs> this is like one of the most terrifying rooms I've ever been in. What are you talking about? That's just weird, dude. Like, oh, just because... Because wow. there are pictures were, of me all over the place with no so shirt cameras? on. This is an audio thing. <laughs> you were in the forest with child skulls. I know. I love anyone who was like, come to the forest. You, I have the skull of a child. Wow, this podcast studio is creepy. What a creepy place. It's not weird. enough skulls. I don't know. It is not weird. It's a beautiful a deep of blue. of and stuff. Um, whatever. So, whatever. <laughs> whatever you got to do, man. Whatever you want. I got to do this. <laughs> so you lied on the tour and told people things about me that weren't true. Yeah. Did we have any interactions? I don't know if we did. No, no. I would. No, I was way too 
too drunk to <laughs> to have the confidence to talk I to did. anybody. I, there was a page, I noticed when I first was working at uh, and my job at late night, people pages would scurry past me and seem kind of nervous. And I remember talking to one once, and they said I was told not to make eye contact with you. Oh yeah, oh, and I God. found out that that was a holdover from like the past. But I need eye contact a little too much. Oh, I love God. chatting people up. I'm constantly chatting up. You're doing it right now. I know. I'm sorry. Comfortable. <laughs> I love eye contact. No. And Stop um, it. yeah, there were a lot of things like that. I think that that's what made that at least at the time that I was in it. That's what made the page pro- program kind of exciting because there were so many holdover, like weird, yeah, just like weird things like that you would have to do or know or and you felt kind of even if yeah even if it was weird like that you felt like well. Like part of something. You have to, yeah. Fuck but that. also, I've noticed that, I don't know if you've noticed this, but once you became a known person, sometimes <laughs> there are people that say things on your behalf mm. that. Oh, yeah. That you don't even agree with. Yeah. And you find out later, well, we were told before you came that uh, there was to be no mention of donuts <laughs> because, you know, and you're like, what? What are you talking about? And it was someone, not playing a prank, but someone who was well-intentioned yeah. who misunderstood right. something telling you, <laughs> telling people beforehand, and then you realize, how much of this is going on around me where people were told, whatever you do. Girl, were you told before you met me? I was told to engage in conversation about astronomy with you. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I gave you the job. Because it's a fascination of mine. That's why I covered the studio. With Clearly, them. and we're in like a fucking spaceship right now. It's not a spaceship. A bunch of lasers pointed it's right a, at my it's dick. A, it's a what? what? It's a Sorry, blue, it was very charged and erotic. Uh, no, those are just cameras, and you're doing a lot of stretching while you're here. Let me told you, I've been in Italy for five months. Right. Manja. Yes, there's no confined space like Italy. I feel like I'm still on a goddamn plane in this room. I, okay, the plane makes sense. Yeah, but just, this does feel like. Why, a, why are you stretching? so much because I've been in Italy for I'm six broken. months. I'm <laughs> <laughs> broke me. You know, it's incredible to have the flexibility to work in all sorts of places, whether it's taking video calls from the park or emailing large files while you're grocery shopping. Sona, this is good for you. Is it? Because you're always doing whatever work you do for me from fun locations. But I like blaming it on not having reception. I know, but you can't do that here. Working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network, which is why you should check out T-Mobile, Sona. Then you got no excuses. They're America's largest and fastest 5G network. With T-Mobile, you'll be covered in more places with the 5G speed you need for your life on the go. Plus, they also cover more highway miles with 5G than anybody else. Check it out if you don't believe me. Hey, Blay, you've got T-Mobile, right? I do. I was actually just up in the woods in Idlewild. It was fantastic for the weekend. And uh, my T-Mobile didn't miss it. My T-Mobile phone didn't miss it. You know, I wouldn't think you'd need a cell phone because you speak so loudly into a microphone. (laughs) Well, I had to look some stuff up. Just take it it down I didn't know what brunch was. I can hear him. When the restaurant's open for brunch. Okay. uh, So I used uh, my T-Mobile coverage to check out brunch. That's all right. Anyway, wherever you are, you know, take it from the loudspeaking Blay. If you're on the go, you want to be in the know, you want to make the show. What? Uh, T-Mobile. Okay. That's the one for you. That was I should weird. have rhymed it with go. Anyway, yeah. find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. Fastest based on median overall combined 5G speeds, according to analysis by Ookla of Speed Test Intelligence Data Q3 2023. C 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.
way in today, Sona, I was thinking about just how much has changed over the years. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, we were all dancing the Jitterbug and the Watusi. And then you grow up now and there's mosh pits and everything's gone (laughs) cuckoo. There's this new thing called rap. I don't know what's happening anymore. But guess what? In a world full of change, there's one thing that hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. The great taste of Miller Lite. Are you with me on this? Oh, yeah. I'm right there with you. Yeah. And you know, another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. Yeah. I hate a filling beer. When I have a filling beer, I just want to sit down in a beanbag chair for six days, but not with Miller Lite. So what's the best thing about the original light beer? Mm -hmm. Back in 1975, the big debate in America was what's more important, that it's less filling Miller Lite or it tastes great. Yeah. The cool thing is when we all realized it's both. Okay. It's less filling and it tastes great. Yeah, right, everybody wins. Everybody wins. Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and it's less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Conan. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Yeah. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. If most people are being honest, no one really knows what you do for work, right? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, especially if you're in a, what I like to call B2B. Oh, you know? what, what is that? I'll explain. Okay. That's a business doing business with other businesses. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I call it B2B. It's a little thing. It's also, uh, it's a boy band I'm working on. <laughs> anyway, fortunately, LinkedIn has a network of professionals who get what you do, and you can reach the right people who matter most to your company because they're LinkedIn. Yeah. That's what they do. Yeah. LinkedIn has over, this is the fun part to say, one billion members. Are you serious? Yeah. That's not. That's more people than are on Earth because there are people on the moon using it and Saturn. <laughs> that's one over one billion members on its platform, including 70 million decision makers. God, I'd like to meet a decision maker. Since LinkedIn members are regularly updating their work history, you can precisely build a target audience by job title, industry, company, and more. Man, you can reach the right people for your, I'm going to say it again, B2B business with LinkedIn ads. Gets even better because LinkedIn will give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Hmm. There you go. Just go to linkedin.com slash Team Coco to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash Team Coco. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Did you have a good time in Italy? Come on. Yes, but we're not talking about that right now. Yes, we are. Fuck no. Yeah. I still got a process. I got to go to therapy. No, yeah, I had a great time. How much therapy do you get? I don't know. How much do you want? Yeah. A lot. It's good. I'm a big believer in it. Do you got a good one? We don't want to talk about it now. Uh, do I have a good therapist? I do, actually. Okay. I'll send you to my therapist. Promise? Yeah. Okay. It's three large men. Really? Yeah. Just big fat guys. I'm not allowed to go to men anymore. Oh, really? What, what happened? <laughs> what, what went wrong? What did you do? I don't know, but I have to talk about that in the next session. Oh. Okay. Good. Well, let's figure that out. Are you really all... You can't go to a male therapist I anymore. made this rule for myself. <laughs> good. That's probably good. <laughs> 
<laughs> I do have to say, I do like a woman therapist. <laughs> I find too. that I'm more relaxed around a woman therapist. When it's a guy, I'm, I get kind of competitive with them, and I think, well, I think I figured yeah. out my issue faster than you. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not going to explain my psychology, but let's just say it's not a good idea. <laughs> not a good idea. We won't go there. I don't know. Well, if you do, I'll need take whoever you got. Just give them to me <laughs> now. <laughs> I want that therapist now. Maybe I'm the therapist right now. Maybe oh. you are. I'm t I'm, oh. I am very good. I'm very empathetic. Shut up, Gorley. I'm very empathetic. All right. Well, here's how I feel. Okay. I feel like my boundaries have been pummeled. Really? Yeah. That's terrible. And I'm not going to stand for it anymore. Well, you shouldn't, and that'll be $900. Okay. <laughs> Great. Oh, Here's the sense I get of you, Aud uh, Aubrey. I almost called you Audrey, but I'm going to call you Aubrey instead. Whatever. Um, whatever? <laughs> it's your name. You can't say whatever and roll your eyes about your name. Names. Hello, Alice. Whatever. <laughs> Aubrey, I what? think that you're very good at defending your boundaries. You Beca think? I do, because all you have to do is, I mean, you're an intimidating person sometimes. I'm not. You though. are. I'm yeah, a, you are. So, no, you I'm are. not. You are. This is my, this is, this is, a, this is, no. Yes, You know yes, what? You I'm going to, I'm making a left turn. Didn't, remember <laughs> when you played basketball? Didn't you do something on the court one time like you? What? Convince uh, someone to give me the ball? Yeah. What, what was it? It was like. I think. Did you threaten them or something? No. Was this in real no. life? Yeah. Why do people project this well, on First of all, I'm how do you know these things, person. Matt? She was on a basketball team with my wife, and then I had a podcast where we would call play-by-play -play of the basketball game, but I don't There's know anything about There's a documentary about, about it. I'm the villain in it. Oh, you're not the villain. I am too, dude. Well, you're threatening. Can you do a little bit of backstory so we can understand this uh, plot? Yes. Yeah, so, so Aubrey and my wife Amanda and other women were on this women's league rec basketball mm -hmm team in LA mm -hmm. and it was just all these kind Los of Angeles women's writers performers and, <laughs> and then other just basketball players that would play nights it was great and then it became kind of a sensation and there's a documentary about this team that they were on called Pistol Shrimps mm -hmm. and then um I think you jumped ship of that team to, to yeah, move to your, I did. I traded your boyfriend my, at the time. I traded myself live on ESPN. This is a fact, which, by the way, nobody gave a shit. But Kenny Maine, you know Kenny Maine? <laughs> mm -hmm. He's my friend. I've known him for years. I convinced him to let me go on ESPN because it was right after the, the decision, the LeBron James. Yeah. Was it called the big decision? Yes, he made this very dramatic decision. I did my own decision. No one gave a shit. I went on ESPN, traded myself to the Spice Squirrels. Yeah. <laughs> Because is this why you were vilified? Yes. Oh, I see. Okay. I traded myself to a different team, and here's why: because I wanted to play basketball as a hobby. I didn't want it. I I was trying to get away from work, mm -hmm. and bless the Pistol Shrimps' hearts. I love them all. Yeah. I had a great time on the team, but I just wanted to do it to get my you know my anger out, my frustration. I like to play sports, and then. I would. I kept showing up to the thing, and then all of a sudden they'd be like, "All right, so we're doing practice, and then we're doing a photo shoot for the uh, cover of the LA Weekly." Oh, right. And I'd be like, "A photo shoot? Yeah. I'm trying to get away yeah. from the the right. photo Understood. shoot. What are you talking right. about? We're just trying to play ball because it's all actors. You get a bunch of actors and writers and everyone together on a team. Then everyone starts to make it. And it was funny when you guys started calling the games. That was funny. But then strangers started showing up to the game. I know. They had signs with my name on it. I'm like, I have an audience now. Yeah, I'm just I, trying I to play that. basketball. This is getting you away from your escape. That's the problem. I was just trying to play ball, right. bro. Just yeah. trying to play. You're some talking to hoops. me. I'm an old time baller, just trying to shoot bro. Some hoops. Hey, yeah. brah. I'm an old time baller. So it was funny though. Like I like how it escalated, but I was I d I started having panic attacks because I would show up to the games and I would see a fucking audience. Like I don't blame. I'm you. like these people are watching me play basketball. I got to like perform for them now. I know. And then there was a whole dance squad that grew we up around it. We had a dance it, squad. It, I mean, and it was that insane. became all political. And, and then. I, 
Anyway, and then what, the reason I traded myself is because I want to play with my sister. And there were rules on the on the league. Like you couldn't, once the roster was set, you couldn't just randomly play on a random team. And I wanted to play with my sister, so they wouldn't let me. So I then played on an, another team in disguise. That's I wore right. a wig. You wore a right. And a different jersey. You, I'm sorry. You cannot play basketball in a disguise. No, they I've didn't know I was in that. disguise. I've never heard of that before. No, no, they didn't it know was I was a in disguise. No, I know. I'm sure they didn't know. Coat. But it's just yeah. so hilarious to me that you would yeah, glue he, on a mustache and say, I am Antonio, the basketball okay. player. I wore a blonde wig with goggles. I gave them a fake ID, got on the court. Literally first quarter, my ACL tour. On the court, That's all right. eyes on me, and I was trying to, you know, be in disguise. I was like, I don't want anyone like. You Is know? it possible that you got injured because you were so committed to being this other person? It was karma. <laughs> it was karma. I don't know. It was like, oh, you don't want anyone to see you in disguise. Like your knee's gonna fucking snap right in half. Everyone's gonna watch you. Everyone's gonna watch you get carried out of here. I love the idea of someone switching to like a different league or a different team, and you know, uh, playing in a disguise. Yeah, I just think that's fantastic. Yeah, and brilliant. I don't, I don't understand that you could really try and pull that off. I did. So what was it? You said there was a moment where Aubrey had to convince someone to give her the ball. No, no, what happened was, first of all, I didn't threaten anybody. It was very civil. We were down. Like, we were never winning the game. Mm -hmm. Like, we were done. It was like the last quarter and it was the point guard of the other team and she was, and I was on her, I was defending her and I just she kept she knew who I was or uh -huh. something and she was being a little sassy with me she was like yo like can I get a picture with you after the game or oh, like in the right. game that's she was right. like and yeah. I was like yeah if you give me the ball right now cause she was coming down the court on her side and she was like I don't give a shit and then gave me the ball and then I just that's right and everyone cause nobody heard our conversation so they didn't understand like what the fuck did you say to her for the point guard to just be like alright here and I just went back and did a layup and I, I, okay, it didn't there, matter we still lost there's another idea I love which is someone who plays on a basketball team who's maybe either extremely uh, famous in another way, not right. basketball, mm -hmm. or maybe just independently very wealthy. So they're guarding someone, and they—it's just understood that if you give that, if you give my character the ball, mm -hmm. he'll give you twenty-five thousand dollars in cash. And then, he and then just it's pays just up constantly, at the end. Yeah, yeah. And then at the end, he's like, "Okay, you get seventy-five thousand dollars. You get six hundred fifty thousand dollars." And people are like, "This is insane!" But I, he, he scores like fifty-five <laughs> points a game. I love scams like this. That's not a good scam. Okay, sorry. <laughs> That's a terrible scam. Whatever. All right, so here's my question. You go from, you're this very I'm gonna, creative. I was going to say strange, and I shouldn't. That's a judgment. You were a very creative, uh, ethereal child, mm -hmm. hanging out in the woods, discovering skulls, mm -hmm. um, building small ritualistic uh, altars, mm -hmm. uh, performing God knows what kind of incantations. Then uh, you go through life, and somehow, and, and you're a page, and you're a lying page. Mm -hmm. and saying things that aren't true. Mm -hmm. And then somehow you get on this terrific TV show in a role that just was perfect for you, mm -hmm. this great role as April uh, uh, in Parks and Rec. And so I'm just curious, how did that happen? How did you get that part? Okay, so it's a weird like series of little things that happened, but but that specifically was because, I don't even know where, how to start, but basically I came out to LA because I was like, up for Judd Apatow's movie Funny People, mm -hmm. which I got, but mm -hmm. like he was trying to cast a completely unknown comedian. That's a whole different story, mm -hmm. but where he wanted to cast a stand-up comedian, and I wasn't doing stand-up, but I was doing improv and sketch comedy at UCB. Right. Um, but I like I basically like pretended to be a stand-up to get that part or whatever. And then Allison Jones was casting that movie, and I didn't have an agent at the time, but I because I made it up the ranks of the audition process for that, I 
I flew out to LA for one week to do a chemistry read with Seth Rogen. And then while I was in LA, Allison Jones was like, would you mind going on a couple other meetings? And how do you feel about that? And I had no idea what was going on. Cause I'm like, this is crazy. I was like, you know, I had nothing going on for me. Like in New York, I was like doing comedy stuff, but I was like, sure. Like I'll go to whatever meeting you want, lady. I don't give a shit. And then, <laughs> and then, so she like basically said, she was this like, this is infuriating any actor no, out there. I know, there. believe me, I There's know. There's so many starving me, actors out there. Like, I'm sorry, I'm Allison Jones, a top casting d- director. Would you go on a few big time reads? <laughs> hey lady, I don't know. I got nothing to do. I don't okay, give a shit. First of all, fuck off. I fuck was off. kidding. Yeah, I know. Second I know, of all, I know. Allison Jones changed my life okay mm-hmm. as I'm sure she's changed so many people's lives but not she mine. okay well she well not everyone you know went to whatever um <laughs> you know what she did but um she, <laughs> she went to the devil and signed a contract you know, you in know, 1993 you, you know what that's you what did. I did you know what you did <laughs> but um I yeah so she was like I'm gonna send you on these couple meetings or whatever one of them is with the creators of the office and the office was on the air at the time and mm-hmm. it was huge and so I was like yeah like I'll go to meet the office people I don't give, give a shit lady um, and then and so and so but I was in LA for the first time so I was like LA like I was wearing jean shorts like mm-hmm. I was like I don't I didn't realize the weight of that meeting and then so I went to the set of the office it was like somewhere in the fucking valley or I don't mm-hmm. even know where I was but all and I, I, all I remember was like, I went into, I think it was Mike Schur's office. I kept seeing the actors from the office, like Mindy Kaling and BJ Novak and people like walking by and I'm like, oh my God, that, the, 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 those are the people in the office. And he was like, that's because we're on the set of the office. And I was like, this is crazy, dude. <laughs> um, and then he was, and then we were waiting for Greg Daniels mm-hmm. and then Greg came in and again, they hadn't, I don't, they hadn't written the pilot at that point. They were just talking about the idea, they had Amy and they, we're talking about the ideas for the pilot or something. And then I don't even know what I did in that meeting. Mike sure says like, she was the weirdest person I ever met. I wasn't being weird. Okay. I don't even know what I was doing, but Greg came in and then, you know how weird Greg is. And then yes, I do. Greg and I like immediately just, I don't even, we literally started talking about the meaning of life. I don't even know what we were talking about. It was like we were high or something. Like he came in and he was like, what happens after you die? I'm like, okay, this is what I've been saying. I don't know, dude. Like, what do you think? And then we were, and then we were like, this is Mike- Greg's process, by the way. <laughs> this is how he casts. I Steve Carell that- apparently was awful in his audition, <laughs> but then uh, had a really good theory for what lies at the end of the universe. And Greg, that's what Greg wanted. Okay, to know. all I remember is like, I have an image of Greg. Like, I want to say he was like doing a Rubik's cube. That he wasn't, but I want to say he was like knitting something or I don't know he was, uh, he was if it was Greg he was probably knitting a Rubik's Cube okay he was like knitting a Rubik's Cube <laughs> a functional was, Rubik's Cube he wasn't making a lot of eye contact and I just remember he was like I don't know and I was looking at him and we were just I was like this guy is fucking really weird and then we were talking and then Mike was just watching it like what am I watching here and then then he started telling me the idea for the show and he was like Amy's gonna have an assistant and maybe she's gonna be like this and then I was like that's a stupid idea (laughs) or something. Not really, but I was basically like, she should have an assistant that's like a college intern that's like really smart that is just doing it for credit and like hates everybody, but like is good at her job, but doesn't give a shit about it or something. I pitched him the character basically. Mm -hmm. And then he was like, uh, okay. And then, (laughs) um, and then I think, and then that was it. And then, and then I heard, (laughs) 
<laughs> I told Greg Daniels exactly what my character was. I now did. Now we this show, and he went, uh, okay. Whatever. No, I don't know. No, I'm pretty cool. sure that's what happened. And then I pitched him that, and then basically I found, that was it. And then I left, and I'm like, well, that was weird. And then basically a couple weeks later or something, they called me, they're like, you're, you're in this show. And I think the original pilot that they wrote, the character's name was Aubrey. It was just Aubrey in the pilot. Right. And then... They ch- and then when NBC, I guess, was going to sign off on me, they made me audition to play myself. Yeah. They were like, you got to audition now. I'm like, to play myself? Like, right. I hope I get the part. Like, um, And then, yeah, then I went in and did an audition where I was, I don't even know what I did. And then they changed it to April. And then that was it. And I'm like, great. I didn't even want to be on TV. <laughs> trying to be in movies, bro. Let me just say one thing, because it's just that sometimes the universe, everything comes together in too nice a way. Greg Daniels, uh, who is, you know, running The Office and with Mike Shuri is doing uh, Parks and Recreation, uh, he and I started out in the business together, uh, you know, just quick disclosure, as writing partners, and we've been friends forever, and we text each other all the time. And Greg is, I love him, and he's brilliant, and re- really too. super funny. Um, he's a little, his mind works differently. This is a text I got on my way this morning to Larchmont to come do this podcast, not knowing that Greg's name would even come up. Oh I'm just going to you know, talk to Aubrey. I get this text out of the booth from Greg. I haven't heard from him in a couple of weeks, and I just get this text. How you doing? I had a weird dream you hurt your left hand. <laughs> Hope you're great. <laughs> I never cons- I just picked up my phone and was oh like okay you brought up Greg I've got to I don't know that sounds sexual I know so I'll be I don't know. I'll be calling yeah. him later to find out exactly what happened you hurt your dream. left hand jerking me off what's oh. up it's me Greg remember us you Jesus. jerk off Greg Daniels in the, in the dreams we both it's a <laughs> Or what you, the hell happened here? You numbed your left hand for the stranger. Yeah, what were you doing with yeah. your left hand? Oh, Greggy. Little Greggy? Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, little Greggy. Uh, it's made of concrete, that oh thing. It my broke my hand. God, you guys oh. are sick. You're sick. You did this. You introduced that whole image and then circled around and accused me of being a perv. It's really you two weird Catholics at the end of the table. That's I know. Doing all this. I know. If I know. it's wrong, it feels so good. <laughs> right, Conan? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that's interesting. That's fascinating. When you got this part, and then you're yeah. off and running. I got that part. I got Funny People, and I got Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, directed Jesus. by Edgar Wright, in one week. Oh, my God. When does that happen? Man, I was in the right time, in the right place, in the right jean shorts. <laughs> you know, I've just realized that when I auditioned for The Late Night Show in 93... I was wearing very short jean shorts. Oh, really? I think that. Remember when I first met you for this podcast? You were wearing super short yes, jean shorts. Right. Hey, you got to show a little leg, baby. <laughs> a little bit more than that. <laughs> you got to show that little uh, undershelf. You want to you know, play in the big leagues. That little uh, overhang <laughs> up a little that bit. Tom Cruise climbs in Mission Impossible. I oh, my that. God. Yeah. So, I was lucky. I was a lucky little waitress from Queens. Nice. It all yeah, worked out. It, all worked, it out. all worked out. It all worked out, and I'm still miserable. But you know you how are it is. not I'm miserable. Oh, well, Come you know. on, you've never been more comfortable and no, happy no, and so fulfilled I'm in good, your I'm life. Good, I'm That's good. the kind of therapy I would do as I was a therapist. If someone would go, I'm kind of worried. <laughs> You're not worried. <laughs> Shut up. That's what I want. I just want some reassurance. I would do that. That's the kind of therapist I would be. I really do think I'd do a good job if I was your therapist. And I think you'd like coming to see me. All right. And as men go, I'm not that much of a man. I was going to say. Yeah. I'm I'm sort of more of a female therapist. You should wear those jean shirts. I would do it if we did it back to back. What do you mean? You turn around, I turn around. I'd do that. 
confession style. Yeah, I'd do that. I think we there are certain similarities that we have. Mm. Um, I think we are mm. somewhat conflicted about our past. Uh, okay. We have um, churning, uh, burbling mm. inner psyches. Mm. And uh, we love to both uh, play in the pool of awkward. Is this your pitch for being my therapist? Yes. Okay. But no, I think I'd be terrific for uh, you. I really do think I could help you. Okay, fine. You Let's just say that about everything. I'd yeah. love to. <laughs> I mean, I, what I'm hearing is let's just start a session right now. Let's go. Let's do it. Okay. How are you, Aubrey? I don't know. I feel broken. Really? What makes <laughs> yeah. you feel you're broken? I don't know. It just something feels wrong. Like hmm. something feels wrong, but Doesn't I just don't know right. what it is. Mm-mm. Okay. Mm-mm. Well, on paper everything seems good, but okay. I don't know. The Do you mind if I, I'm sorry? I have sorry, a cannoli what? here. Do you mind if I eat it while you talk? <laughs> I got it on the way in, and it's, I know we're not supposed to eat. I'm literally triggered by cannolis right now. Okay. I've been in Sicily for four months. If I see another goddamn cannoli, I swear. Uh, okay, to I'll just God. eat it a little later. Do you mind if I have some yoo-hoo? I have a little yoo-hoo here. <laughs> That's fine. Okay. That's fine. All right. That's well, anyway, fine. So why do you think you feel broken? Oh, I don't know. No, no, no. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> oh, man, that's good and chocolatey. Oh, God. So I really think that... Can you just cross your legs? It's the wide open stance. That <laughs> sure, I'll cross them. Up. They're very weak, so I have to actually lift one and put it over oh. the other. Let's see. There we go. Oh, God. God, these are short jean shorts. <laughs> God. So... What do you think is making you uptight right now? He said, wearing his very short, tight jean shorts <laughs> with cannoli flour all over his kneecaps and yoo-hoo on his lips. Mm-hmm. What do you think is bothering you? I don't know. Just mm, good. I'm good. Aubrey, do you think you what? could get me an audition for something? I know that you're a big deal in the industry. I'd just like to work <sighs> in film. Is that possible? Is this crossing some kind of boundary? Mm-hmm. No, I'll do whatever you want. Okay. I deserve this. Great. I deserve this. I'll just slide I'm this nothing. headshot across to you. Thank you. That's a I'll qu- spend all my time. I'm working on this thing. That's you. a quad split on the back. That's uh-huh. me as a nerd, me as a cool guy, me yeah. as a construction worker, yeah. and me as a guy who make it a pizza pie. Ah! I think that went really well. Me too. Thank you so much. Um, I helped you a lot. Yeah. I'm good. You're good now? Yeah, we're good. <laughs> wow. wow. I fixed you. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about your film, Emily the Criminal. Okay. I want to. This is is this a passion project of yours that you've been thinking about for a while? Yeah, yeah. Actually, you know what? It is. It, I've I read the script like four years ago, maybe, and it was just one of those things where like someone was like, "I think you'd really like this," and it wasn't a real movie or anything. And I just read it, and I was like, "Fuck, this is really good." Yeah, it just took a long time to get it together. How long have you been working on it for? Because you produced it as well. I produced it. Well, like yeah, like maybe four four years ago was the first time I read it, and then. I, and then I sat down with the writer, John John Patton Ford, and I was like, this is a really good character. This is a really good script. We should do this. Who should direct it? He was like, I want to direct it. And I was like, no. <laughs> um, That's so funny. It's the first time you've shown a real decisive answer. The whole yeah. well, All your other stories are, <clears throat> well, whatever. Okay. Well, okay. work is a different thing. I mean, oh, at, at okay. work, I can be decisive. It's my personal life that's in shambles. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know. You know about that. Um, no, I'm very decisive when it comes to that kind of stuff. Okay. But, um, so you said no. You're not directing No, no. It. I didn't say no, but I was like, you know, you haven't done a feature before. This is like a thriller, you know. I was like, I don't want 
want to make this uh, little dinky Los Angeles $2 million movie. I want to make like a $5 million. I want to make, I want to do this right. And, you know, and I think I was just, yeah, I've just, you know, I produced a couple movies at this point. So I felt like, okay, I know how to do this, but I want to do it. I, I really want to do it. But then this guy, man, everything he said, everything that came out of his mouth, I'm like, I feel the same way. This is the same movie. Just everything he said, I'm like, you should direct it. Just direct it. I don't know. I hadn't hunch about him where I was like, he's, he's going to pull this off. And he totally did. And we, yeah, we just, it took a while to get the financing. And I did, we didn't get the kind of scenario that I wanted, but I believe everything works out how it should and, and you got a great reaction um, at Sundance yeah we've people loved it it's fun it's a fun movie it feels it feels kind of like throwback like a throwback movie it kind of feels like a slightly erotic kind of thriller like 90s style like it's just it moves really fast it, it has this like momentum and it's kind of relevant because it's about like a you know like a young millennial person that's like working in the gig economy that's drowning in student debt mm -hmm. and is basically like I'm fucked in this economy like what am I supposed to how am I supposed to survive this and then she just starts doing some sketchy stuff and it feels did I unplug this um, it, hello? You just pulled a giant wire out. And I think what you're I still do? okay. Okay. No, that's um, all right. And then, uh, yeah, anyway, so it feels like, it feels like it kind of hit a nerve or something. Like, I feel like people, which is, makes me happy because I think movies really can change the world. I, lo I think they're everything. As I know, your character gets into some sketchy stuff. Mm -hmm. She gets a taste of the life of illegal activity mm -hmm. she likes it likes it are you like this at all ever commit a crime um well and see, and this is where mm -hmm. my assistant would jump in because okay. uh, she has a sordid criminal past oh. and has been very open about it mm -hmm. but she shoplifted like crazy uh um, no I, I wasn't into that because of the wrath of god and all that yeah, i was exactly scared of this wrath of god um no i didn't want to sin growing up but um, I would say if I ever committed crimes, it was mostly vandalism. That was my thing. Really? Or, um, yeah. But I will, and I did some identity theft, you know, but that runs in my family. Oh. I learned that at a young age. <laughs> I did. Yeah. Going back to the 14th century. <laughs> yeah. I am Antonio. No, you're not. <laughs> okay, I try. <laughs> well, I'll, let, I'll just say, you know, well, I learned a lot from my family. I'll just say that. But, um, <laughs> But you know what? What kind of vandalism would you do? Um, well, you know, I grew up in Delaware, in Wilmington, Delaware, and mm -hmm. um, there were a lot of. It's a really interesting place to grow up because you're kind of there's a, there's this presence of the Dupont era of sure. things always, mm -hmm. and so there's always like I would never vandalize things that were I think like you know new or nice. It was always like going to the old you know, DuPont Experimental Station or the mill factory, the abandoned mill, you know, mill or whatever, mm -hmm. throwing bricks in the windows. And, and I used to grow up, you know, I, we would grow up around a lot of those like new um, suburban developments, you know, mm -hmm. where they were always building the new like cookie cutter houses or whatever. And I would go in, in there and I would write, I would take nails and I would write messages to the construction workers like, you'll die you know, <laughs> in nails and I, to make to make it seem like a ghost. Wait, you are know. you lying them out or are you hammering them in? No, no, I would, I would just arrange them in letters, nails and letters. Wow, that's not vandalism per se, it's just not? threat. Okay. That's just like threatening well, that's a, public that's, safety. Can you get arrested yeah. for that? Trespassing. What about the guy who is 
like owes the mob money and, and then goes to work that day and says, well, it'll probably be okay and they'll never find yeah. me. And uh, I'm hiding out as a construction worker in Delaware. Yeah. And then gets to work and it says, you'll die written out in nails. I really gave it to And then he just says, I'm just going to go into the woods and kill myself. And then later yeah. on, you find the skull. Yeah. And it all comes around. Yes, that was what, that's what I wanted. That is literally what I wanted. You're a criminal mastermind. Yeah. You're a genius. Yeah, but no, shoplifting is for little bitches. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm, I wish Sona was here right now. We'll have to tell her. Yeah. She adores you, by the way. She loves you, and she will freak out that you pretty much called her whole life. Okay. Up until 31, uh, the life of her 31. Uh, she was really, she, she was shoplifting late into her life. Ooh. Yeah, constantly. I don't know about that. She but took, I do, I support, you know, stealing from the- The big, man. The man. Yeah, yeah. fuck that. Me too. Yeah. Well, I think I am the man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just realized that. Yeah. Titley, that's my oh, phone. hey. Greg guys. Daniels might have another text about oh, another dream. I hope it's not a picture. Greggy? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so sorry, Greggy. Oh, um, well, I'm very happy for you. You're, uh, you know, I've always loved talking to you. You're a very authentic, real person, which is yeah. not common in this business. You know that, right? You're a very authentic, real person when you played basketball in a complete disguise. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah. that was survival. That you was, had to get by. Yeah. Are you playing any sports now? No. Um, no. Pickleball. Really. That's the whole new craze yeah. now. Yeah. Pickleball. I love sports, though. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the batting cages tomorrow. Oh. But that's for... The MLB is doing like a show now where they ask you questions while you hit. Oh, that's a cool idea. While you hit balls, but I'm just going because I want to hit some balls. Yeah, and your answers will all just be like whatever. Yeah, and then crack. Exactly. Another home run for us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it would be great to have a pitch machine, you know, a pitching cage, a batting cage in the yard. Mm -hmm. and, uh, wouldn't you just have oh, yeah. access yes. to that yeah. 24 I love seven? Hitting yeah. balls. If you're feeling frustrated or very good, because it's just to go back there and occasionally hit one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every yes. ninth time. <laughs> Accidentally make contact. That's, yeah. I would love that. Yeah, me too. I All right. love it as a oh, gift. Okay, uh, I will. We're doing this. You know what? We're going to start. Oh, okay. What? <laughs> now I have to call your publicist and say, "Look, I'm going to hit up a <laughs> set up a batting cage for Aubrey. Where does she live?" And, um, and then I have to look into what those cost. That's going to be very expensive. Uh, I think so. Oh, but yeah. Hey, in the '90s, you know, people would get Ferraris as gifts. That's what I heard. Megan Mullally told me she got a Ferrari. Yeah. Wow. She'd do a podcast and get a, get a sports car every time. <laughs> All those 90s podcasts yeah. got so much money to throw oh around. God, yeah. Ridiculous. That's we should start getting. Yeah. But we do give away, when you leave, there is a little wicker tray out there. <laughs> yeah. And it's got a couple of snacks. Okay. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. Maybe and there's some big league chew in there so it gets close. No, there's nothing no? like that. It no. looks very granola, crunchy, yeah. organic. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, don't, I don't do this for the gifts, I do it for the therapy. I I could really help you. I, I really could. And you have. Um, Aubrey, thank you so much for dropping by. I know <clears throat> I mean a lot to you. Me too. Me too. And uh, I know this was a big deal for you. Look, if this is how we have to talk, we'll do it like this. Oh, let's get real quiet now at the end. I think it's best to wrap this, this it up. is all we got. Yeah. Probably and this is what we got. I want to do know? the quietest ending of any podcast ever. You want to have the quietest din-din, did you say? <laughs> 
You want to have a din-din with me? I want to have a quiet din-din with you. (laughs) Won't you invite me over for din-din? Okay, I'd like to invite you over for din-din. Jesus. (laughs) Bing, bang, boom. (laughs) I'm... I'm... uh, I'm just... I'm crying? I think I'm in love now. (laughs) I definitely want to have... I want to have din-din with you. Yeah, you give me that din-din. Cut the lights. Jesus. You wear those shorts while you make me that din-din. Oh, yeah. I'll make you some din-din. You drop the sauce all over your din-din. Oh, got a little, <laughs> little sauce on my shorts while making the din-din. You get Greg Daniels out of here. Yeah. He's not invited Why'd to the you, din-din. We were having such an erotic moment and you brought get up fucking Greg Daniels? Because I see him. Greg, get out of my erotic yeah, fantasy with Aubrey coming. Plaza. Yes. Get out! Get out! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Aubrey. Thank you. You're great. Goodbye. I got to say, everywhere I go, people are talking about Monopoly Go. And for good reason. It's an absolute hit. Yeah. I love Monopoly. People love Monopoly. And look, Monopoly's been around for a very long time. It's one of the oldest board games ever. Okay? Okay. But lately, I walk around and I just hear like, Monopoly Go, Monopoly Go, Monopoly Go. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? What are you guys talking about? And they say, we're playing Monopoly Go. You can play it with your family, your friends. It's a straight delight. There's always something new to do. Partner events where you can build on each other's boards and crazy tournaments with team events you can recruit your friends for. Or you can just compete to outdo them all on the leaderboards. Mm. And when you're not messing with your family and friends, Monopoly Go is always throwing new stuff at you. They have taken Monopoly to the next level. I didn't think Monopoly had to go to the next level, but they did. (laughs) There's timed events like massive multipliers for all your winnings and challenges like treasure hunts and, or money sprees that have fun new mini games. Plus, with tons of rewards to collect like stickers for trading with friends and hilarious emojis that are perfect for gloating, there's always a reason to dip back in. Yeah. Man, they cracked it, you know? They did. So join the fun. Download Monopoly Go now free on the App Store and Google Play. <laughs> Conor O'Brien Needs a Friend is sponsored by ADT, introducing ADT Self Setup, featuring everything from motion sensors to Google Nest Cam and the Nest Doorbell with a battery or wired option. Your choice. Easily install the ADT Self Setup security system at your convenience. You don't need heavy-duty tools. And if you do need help, ADT can provide virtual assistance along the way. Self Setup from ADT grows, moves, and adapts as your needs change. You can add more products at any time, and your system easily moves wherever life takes you. It also features Nest Cams that can tell the difference between a person, an animal, a vehicle, or with the Nest Doorbell, even a package. These things are getting so smart. Plus, when every second counts, you can trust ADT's 24-7 professional monitoring. You can view video of an alarm event and verify or cancel an alarm with just one quick tap. Now everyone can get trusted security from ADT installed your way with no long-term contracts. When the most trusted name in home security as the intelligence of Google, well, <laughs> you've got a home with no worries. Go to ADT.com today or call 1-800-ADT-ASAP. Google, Nest Cam, Nest Doorbell, and Nest Aware are all trademarks of Google LLC. Some of our listeners uh, may have noticed that Sona of Sassian has taken a temporary leave of absence. She's been out promoting her her new book, World's Worst Assistant. Terrific, terrific effort by Sona. It's really a uh, funny book. It's it's out there and she's she's flogging that. Uh, she'll be back soon. But this is an opportunity. Sona's not here. 
which means we can dish on Sona mm-hmm. um, and we can be completely honest. And to help us do that is Sona's own assistant, mm-hmm. who pretty much does everything <laughs> since the minute he was hired. Because, well, if you read Sona's book, you'll find that uh, she never really was my assistant. Mm-hmm. And soon she'll be back continuing not being my assistant. <laughs> um, but uh, David Hopping has mm-hmm. taken over. David, you're, you're a, an occasional voice here on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And um, first of all, I'd like to know, uh, how did you get this job? How did you get the, the job of being Sona's assistant. So I interned for you back in 2014. Mm -hmm. Then I was a tour guide on the Warner Brothers a lot for like two years. Mm -hmm. And like once a month, I would just come just like walk through your office just to make sure people remembered who I was. Mm -hmm. And then... uh, So you were running tours on the lot. uh Were you ever present when a tour saw me walking along? I was getting a tour once and you drove by on a golf cart. Yeah. Now people must have just uh, lost their minds. I Actually, it did work out perfect because I had two fans that were like huge fans of yours and then you waved at them and then I got tipped because they were excited that they saw you so so wouldn't I get some of that money no I would think I would no it doesn't uh-uh. work okay way. but um, um, because uh, and first of all I was sort of being doing a joke it's I'm glad that it actually turned no, out that they were really work. excited um, but I remember the tours would come around every now and then and I would always feel like I had to have performance energy whenever a tour passed mm-hmm. I know that not everybody felt that way there were other celebrities that would be like eh meh tour mm-hmm. and they wouldn't give anything right yeah some hated the tours yeah i probably shouldn't say who no yeah, no you no. probably probably what? shouldn't say no, who. I'll probably I'll tell should. you later what? pretty little liars mm-hmm. really okay <laughs> interesting huh. i'm just guessing if you're a pretty little liar you don't want to see a tour yeah some yeah. of them were really nice of course we won't yeah we're not naming names yeah. but occasionally there'd be a pretty little liar one, who maybe one little liar <laughs> <laughs> i mean if they literally <laughs> ran away from my cart i was like driving and she had a security guard stop my cart while she like sprinted away. <laughs> what? Okay, we're not again. Uh, we can't get in trouble because we're not identifying which Pretty Little Liar mm-hmm. ran away from the the tram yeah. taking tourists. Like the biggest Pretty Little Liars fan. So then I was trying to come up with any excuse. So I was like, oh, I think she's in costume. Like she kind of spoilers. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> She's late for a heart surgery. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that that makes her seem noble. Uh She usually stops and says hello, but uh, (laughs) she's late for dialysis. (laughs) No, first of all, their name is Pretty Little Liars, so Mm -hmm. you'd expect that kind of behavior. Yeah, it's very on brand. So anyway, um, that was your job. Then Mm -hmm. Sona brings you on board to be an assistant, right? Mm -hmm. So I assisted her and Marie Weber at the time, who was Mm -hmm. Jeff Ross's assistant, to basically just run errands for you and Jeff. Right. Get Mm -hmm. me my basic... uh, I'd get your groceries. I would take your car to get washed. Okay. Um, You got me groceries? I don't remember that. Every Monday, I I think someone. I think someone else was using you to get groceries and saying these are for Conan. (laughs) I don't think so. I I will never forget. I got the grocery list, Mm -hmm. and on it, it said... Whole carrots because Conan likes to peel them and eat them like Bugs Bunny. Oh my God. That's just not true. <laughs> oh, of course it is. It is not true. Of course it oh, is. No, no, I would tell you if that was true, but what an insane thing to write I think on the I, list. I think I still have the list from 2016. Right. Did it have my various creams and emollients that I need? No. Various potions. We never got you that. Powders, elixirs. No. But bombs. It, it did have roasted turkey poultices I ate a lot of turkey back then mm-hmm. lean uh, lean protein I liked because mm-hmm. I was a lean comedy machine mm-hmm. mm. now I'm a bloated parody of myself <laughs> oh, wow. it got dark so quick I'm Merlin Brando at the end of Apocalypse Now <laughs> what do you want grocery boy <laughs> the horror the horror um, swallow the bug yeah I'll, I'll, I'll explain what that is to you later okay. uh, I also asked off so the day that I got hired 
I asked off for four weeks before I started because I was going to Europe the next day. Wait, you got hired to assist Conan O'Brien and you said my first request is to blow this off for four weeks? Well, you can I, do that? I Yeah, you, you, should, you really should have done it. Mm-hmm. Um, no, at the interview, they told me I could start. So I just said, well, I leave tomorrow for four weeks. Is that okay? And Sona said it was fine. Okay. Yeah, sure. Sona said she, <laughs> And she said, she said, that's a coincidence because I'm leaving tomorrow <laughs> for the Caribbean for six weeks. That's something she would do. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. We'll both be away. <laughs> Who'll look after Conan? I don't know. He'll find some turkey and carrots on his own. <laughs> a freak. Was there any illegal activity in your time with Sona? Did she ever encourage you to break the law in any way? Because she's a little bit of a rule breaker. Well, I think it was legal then. What? What are we talking about? Well, the Ste- first, stealing. It wasn't stealing. We no. never stole anything together. I don't mm-hmm. think. Okay, I don't think. But the first, I think it was the first time. One of the first times I ever tried weed was in your office, like what? literally in his office, in my office at Warner Brothers with Sona. We. This is a safe space, right? Like we can't yeah. get in trouble. Oh yeah. There's we, no. Re- oh, there's sure. no recording yes. device here. Okay. Cool. In the podcast. Yeah, but like what's said on the podcast, like you can't get fired for, right? Uh, well, let's hear it and I'll let you know. <laughs> okay. So wait, is... you're in you're in uh, my office at Warner Brothers Studio. It was a day where you did a double show. So you always gave like, you know, like there's always a dinner break mm-hmm. and you were downstairs getting ready for the next show. And we went into your office and opened up the window. We did blow the smoke out the window. This is where they shot Goonies, so, so by like, the way. You so know, like, it's a, <laughs> this is a sacred place. They shot Casablanca and, more important to you and Sona, Goonies. On your stage, they shot they both shot, of those? They, they shot, uh, Casablanca was not shot on my stage. It was shot in and around, I think, in a couple of locations. Mm-hmm. But uh, Goonies, too? Goonies. You reefed up on the set of Goonies? Yeah. David Hopping, well, I'm the, proud of you. Thank you. Yeah. So, so, so any tour that was going by would just see smoke. <laughs> now, did you, did you get a good buzz going? Not really. I don't think I did it right. The first time, you don't always feel it. Yeah. yeah. I've tried it but, many times and, and still? nothing really happens. Really? Yeah. You probably have such a firewall for any kind of brain changing thing. You know what I mean? It couldn't get through I might that. be. I might yeah. be uh, just a strong barrier. Um, whenever they give me a medication, I need a lot of it. Really? For it to have an effect. And oh. I've heard that that's a red-haired thing. Really? That redheads need more of a medication. Yeah, that's actually... <laughs> he's, he's joking. He's so that? shocked. I think you need something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, my, oh, my stars. Oh. Uh, so anyway, that's a little digression. Mm-hmm. So, wow. So that's that's ballsy of Sona to get you. And my first bag of edibles was from Sona, which kind of came from you because you rewarded her when she watched like whatever 50 episodes of Friends. Yeah, she, we she did a thing up. if we could, because she watched so much TV work, I made a bet that she couldn't watch 50 episodes of Friends. And she did. Mm-hmm. And I rewarded her with her favorite thing, uh, a bag of uh, edible gummies. And she kind of just like went through the hall as like the weed fairy, just like giving people wow. edibles. She's getting you guys hooked yeah. and then she can mm-hmm. be a dealer. Yeah. <laughs> first one's free. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. What uh, I wonder if this is in her book. I don't remember. I read her book. I don't that part. I don't think this part's in there. But other crimes are in her book. Yes, that's true. Now Mm -hmm. you're the assistant, not just for me, Uh but for Jeff Ross as well, because we've really pared things down a bit here. (laughs) So you're you're assistant to two of us. Mm -hmm. Sona, you're supposed to be assisting Sona, Mm -hmm. but she's uh, she's selling a book on a book tour, and the book's about. How she screws around all the time, uh-huh. and you do all the work. Mm-hmm. So is that fair? Do you have any resentment there? No. Because someday you get to write a book. Yeah. yeah. The world's most average assistant. 
<laughs> All right. Well, listen, thank you. And please keep ratting her out. Okay. This is important. All right. Because if she were here, she's so loud and so defensive, she'd start yelling over all of this. And none of it would get recorded. <laughs> so this is really our chance uh-huh. to get the, the dirt on Sona. Mm-hmm. You're a good man, David Hopping. Thank you. you and are. again, a quick plug for your podcast. What's it called? Uh, Back to the Best. Back to the Best. And it's about mm-hmm. 90s trivia? 90s, early 2000s nostalgia. A lot of Disney Channel. Okay. So you're screwing around too. Well, I pay you. <laughs> N- no. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, I know we have to wrap, but we Sona did come on my podcast, and we waited till you went down to rehearse your show once, and then we had my friend Grace, who I co-host with, come in, and we sat in your office and recorded our episode. <laughs> what the hell is this? Is unbelievable? Unbelievable. Um, I think it's like episode fifteen. I'm the, the ult- best. I am um, the ultimate chump. I'm paying these people to get high in my office, record their own podcasts. My therapist meets me in your office, and we do our sessions in there. <laughs> And then your therapist bills me. Yes. Uh, All right. Well, um, I guess I should be mad at you, but I'm just kind of impressed. Oh, thanks. Yeah. So. Well done. David Hopping, well done. (laughs) Conan O'Brien needs a friend. With Conan O'Brien, Sonam Obsessian, and Matt Gourley. Produced by me, Matt Gourley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs, Joanna Solitaroff, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Cody Fisher at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Take it away, Jimmy. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. Engineering by Will Becton. Additional production support by Mars Melnick. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review read on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 323-451-2821 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. Is there such a thing as a traveler? Not a Delta. Because we know on one flight, Mike in 8C prefers reality TV to reality. So we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. While on the flight after, 8C is occupied by Jen, whose favorite snack is tea. That's why we provide fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi available for SkyMiles members. Because at Delta, we know. Refill? Everyone flies their own way. Delta. Keep climbing. Free Wi-Fi available on most domestic flights. Terms of use apply. Here you are. BPMs high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue panting. You're working hard, real hard, and you're thirsty. You need vitamins, nutrients for peak performance and energy. And your plants do too. Aw, let me just look at the little guy. Water-soluble plant food from miracle Grow is full of essential nutrients. Just a little scoop into your watering can and boom, instant feeding and bigger, more beautiful plants. It's kind of like a sports drink for your plants. You may have to suffer from heat, but your plants do not. 